Hi, we're here from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about why it's a big deal that we've detected a methane spike on Mars and how you can participate in a new research study on game transfer phenomena with researcher Angelica Ortiz de Gortari. Let's satisfy some curiosity. In case you haven't already heard, the Curiosity rover has found a methane spike on Mars. And the reason this is such a big deal is because it could be evidence of life on the red planet. Methane is sometimes associated with things like rock-water interactions or volcanic eruptions. But here on Earth, it's also associated with microbial life. So let's get into what we know about the finding. Over the decades, we've detected wildly different measurements of methane on Mars from year to year and from spacecraft to spacecraft. After the Curiosity rover landed, researchers figured they might as well get some ground truth. So the rover took some measurements. The latest readings showed a methane volume of about 21 parts per billion units by volume, or PPBV. A single PPBV means that in a given volume of air on Mars, a billionth of that volume is methane. 21 PPBV is a super small amount by any standard, but it's the largest amount of methane Curiosity has ever measured. And we need to do a lot more dedicated work with the rover, and probably with help from other spacecraft, before we figure out how old the methane is, or whether it's from biology or geology, or even whether the methane variations are just seasonal. But NASA can't figure out why the measured methane seems to be spiking more randomly and in a different pattern than seasonal change. Of course, this all goes back to the fundamental question of whether Mars can actually host life. It seems unlikely for many reasons, including the radiation baking its surface and its extremely cold nights. But to be fair, scientists have found hints of underground lakes that are sheltered from the surface, which could provide a small pocket for life. Another possibility is a strange feature known as recurring slope lineae, which are dark streaks that appear on the sides of craters, although later results suggested that they aren't water streaks, but dust. Hopefully, we'll get some answers during future trips to Mars. But until then, we'll just have to work on coming to terms with the fact that methane, of all things, has piqued our curiosity. Today's episode is sponsored by Indeeds.com. When it comes to hiring, you don't have time to waste. You need help getting to your short list of qualified candidates fast. That's why you need Indeed.com. Post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates using an intuitive online dashboard. And when you need to hire fast, accelerate your results with sponsored jobs. New users can try for free at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms, conditions, and quality standards apply. New research is helping us understand just how differently video games can affect us than other media. A few months ago, we talked about the Tetris effect, which is when things you focus on for a long time show up in your dreams, like Tetris or another video game. The Tetris effect is a visual phenomenon, but there are other effects video games can have on your brain that kind of blur the line between what you see on a screen and what you see in the real world. The overarching term for what I'm talking about is game transfer phenomena, and today's guest is a pioneering researcher on the subject. Angelica Ortiz de Gortari is a postdoctoral researcher who literally coined the term in 2010, and she's been working on the subject ever since. She told us the game transfer phenomena covers a wide variety of sensory modalities, from gamers hearing sound effects and voices to making involuntary movements with their fingers in real life. But when she told us exactly how deeply these effects are felt, it blew our minds. 
Well, one of the most remarkable experiences is with gamers seeing images with open eyes. Uh, for example, we have gamers uh, seeing tags or text boxes about people's head, uh, menus uh, when they're in conversations, maps in the corner of the eye when they are looking for an address. And one of the most interesting experiences that actually were reported by a game in, in the first game phenomena study was a gamer that starts seeing uh, power bars above the people's head. He, he said that he was playing a football uh, game in the school. And suddenly he starts seeing these kind of hell bars above the opposite team. He used to play a lot of intensively World of Warcraft. So he starts seeing these kind of hell bars. He said that uh, when uh, they were losing the game, but suddenly they started scoring. Then he described this as a, a feeling the adrenaline pumping. And suddenly he starts seeing these kind of hell bars. So this is uh, one of the experiences that has been uh, very interesting and was really kind of motivate me to continue to research about this phenomena and, you know, and, per, and continue doing my PhD and, and my postdoc. And today we have that, for example, seeing open eyes uh, is reported by 15 to 20 percent of the gamers. But in general, gender phenomena is very common among gamers. Uh, we have conducted uh, several studies now with over 6,000 gamers and the prevalence of GTP is quite high. I mean, we have from 82 to 97% of the gaming have experienced some type of forms because gender phenomena is manifesting a large variety of sensory modalities as a thought processes and also actually as a involuntary behaviors. Wow. That's really interesting. Ashley's jaw dropped when you were talking about the health bars appearing over somebody's head. <laughs> because we're not we're not just see I guess I assumed that we were talking about like oh you go out in the real world and you sort of feel like you're playing the game or you're reminded of the game but you're saying you literally see things that you see in the game. Yeah, I mean definitely we have you know all variety of phenomena. Sometimes gamers have this kind of thoughts that are, uh, that are from the game, but usually these spinners are triggered by associations, but objects that have been simulated in the game or somehow res uh, resemble uh, something from the game also can be events. And sometimes gamers have found themselves hearing, seeing something from the game. In the most of the cases, gamers have this experience as inter internalized phenomena, you know, like endogenous, like a hearing, a music, like when music gets stuck in your head, when you listen a song that I'm sure that everybody is familiar with, but actually, actually, sometimes uh, gamers hear things uh, coming from objects, uh, voices or sounds coming from objects associated with the game. And this is the most interesting thing in GTP that they are, the, the experience happened triggered by association. Gamers see, for example, gamers sometimes find themselves uh, climbing buildings in the video game. Then when they see this building that somehow resembles the game, they found themselves uh, analyzing the building, seeing how they can climb it, you know, trying to apply the strategies that they, they learn in the video game. But um, around 15 to 20 percent of the gamers have actually seen some images with open eyes. But there are more common experiences that are internalized. For example, also that is very common is uh, seeing images with closed eyes. And this is, for example, what we see and have been reported previously in what is Tetris effect. You know, gamers, games that are very repetitive and stereotypical. So gamers found themselves seeing the images when they close their eyes, sometimes when they are trying to fall asleep. In case you missed any of that, from 82 to 97 percent of gamers in these studies have experienced some form of game transfer phenomena. And it really can be as intense as literally seeing video game menus when you're having a conversation with someone or seeing power bars and health bars above people's heads when you're playing sports with your friends. Pretty intense. 
Whether you've experienced this type of thing or not, Angelica Ortiz de Gortari could use your help with a new study on game transfer phenomena. If you're 18 to 50 years old and you play video games for at least six hours a week on any platform, then you're invited to participate in her study on game transfer phenomena online right now. Just visit GameTransferPhenomena.com and look for the recent blog post titled Gamers Needed for Web Experiment on Game Transfer Phenomena. The study aims to examine the relationship between game transfer phenomena and cognitive processes. All you need to do to participate is answer a short questionnaire, then complete three short tasks online. I did it myself and it was pretty fun. And by participating, you get to play an active role in advancing research in a brand new field of study. Remember, you need to take it in the next few days while participation is still open. So what are you waiting for? Go take it right away, or at least please share with your gamer friends in the name of science. One more time, the website is GameTransferPhenomena.com, and as always, we'll put a link in today's show notes. One fun thing to do over the weekend, Ashley. I mean, you know, as long as you can pull yourself away from your video games. (laughs) That's all for today, but you can keep learning all weekend on Curiosity.com. We'll be back tomorrow with another special Saturday episode of Curiosity Daily. It's another exciting edition of how science and technology are being applied to drive innovation and change the world. And then, of course, we will be back Sunday to do our usual thing. Don't forget to tell your friends to participate in that game transfer phenomena study. It would be a huge help to Angelica and her research team. Then come back soon for another episode of the award-winning Curiosity Daily to learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Ashley Hamer. And I'm Cody Goff. Have a great weekend. And stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network.